it's Jesse here with another episode of Story Mode, a video game podcast. On the show this week, I'm joined by Joel and Felix to discuss the DualSense Edge, the return of Dead Island 2, the gorgeous Werewinds meet, and why the hell is there a Pinocchio Soulsborne game being made? If you want to keep up to date with our nonsense, follow us at Story Mode AUS. Now, on with the show. How are you wholesome boys doing? Well, amazing. Well, swell. Cool. I've never said swell Ooh. in my entire life, but I'll say it tonight. <laughs> Add it to the lexicon. I'm like that. Yeah, what a time to yeah. start. Hell yeah, let's do it. I'm down. <laughs> no time like the present. I'm actually That's... afraid for Sonic Frontiers, <laughs> given that they announced their release date, which is oh. what one day before God of War Ragnarok. Yep. Yeah, they're sending Sonic out to die. They yeah. already yeah. had sent him out to die with that gameplay trailer showed yep Not i didn't cool. mind that trailer actually i thought that was quite cool look there was a game that i i realized i actually didn't add to the list of games to talk about this week and it's the callisto protocol oh yeah oh, yeah and they both did something with the gameplay trailer for sonic frontiers and with callisto protocol they showed stuff that is filler in the game it's pointless so the sonic frontiers showed a lot of just traversing but like not fast, like him just kind of like running. Sonic, that is. He's not doing anything cool. He's not bouncing off walls and fighting all sorts of robots. Just him traversing the world. I looked at the map and I assumed. I'm like, you know what Sonic does? He does this thing. Traversal. Mad for it. Okay. Absolute fucking fiend for a good run. <laughs> so I could have assumed that as the viewer. Maybe show it to me once so I know that his legs have an atrophy. <laughs> He can still run. All right, cool. Now, what can you add to the already understood lore of this game? With the Callisto Protocol, I'm like, okay, cool. Your dead space meets control, which, okay, very cool. Show me more of that. Oh, no, you've decided to show me about 14 minutes of this clown going down some sort of sewage pipe. <laughs> Okay, and then, okay, you get to the end and you get killed in the most gratuitous manner, Tomb Raider style. Yep. All right. Cool. Show me the aliens. Show me the reason I'm going to play your game. I'm sick of trailers being full of filler. That's why when people were bagging out the, um, uh, shit. What's that game that the trailer came out and had a really dodgy voiceover? Forspoken. Yes. Forspoken. People were having a go at the trailer for that game. I'm like, cool. Fair enough. Look, the dialogue was a bit dodgy. But what I was seeing in the trailers and the gameplay looked fun. Yeah, and it was 100%. quick. It was like, this mm-hmm. is unique. This is unique. This is unique. I think the game looks fun, okay. I, for sure. But There's a like 10 minute long gameplay trailer there and it looks, looks good. Yeah. I'm intrigued by it. I think the difference between the, like, the Sonic Frontiers and the Callista Protocol, what they showed at Gamescom, is that the difference for me was... Callista Protocol has already sold the game. Like the game, for, for people who want to play that game, those first couple of trailers they put out, it's like, all right, cool. We get what this is. We know what's going to happen. We've seen a little bit of gameplay. This was just like a little bit of extra just being like, look, it's got stasis powers from Dead Space. And then sliding down the slide. Whereas Sonic Frontiers, like we've had probably the same amount of trailers, but like not a lot shown. This was the one that had the most being generous yet meatiest of them all i felt but yeah 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 now phyllis we'll just start finish shitting on that game what why are you excited for it 
excited for Sonic or Sonic Sonic Frontiers. I okay. I'm not a big Sonic guy. The only Sonic uh, game that I actually played to any reasonable length was Sonic and the Black Knight on the Wii, <laughs> which I vibed with so hard. That was a crazy cool game. Uh, but I don't know. I feel like it's a bit of an underdog. Maybe that's why I like it. It's weird saying that Sonic's the underdog, but I feel like he is in this case. It's just like everyone's kind of passed him, passed it off, been like, all right, we're not going to look at this anymore. But I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. It looks fun. I'm just, I'm holding all of my criticism for when I actually get the game in my hands. And for that reason, maybe I'm just more excited than other people are. I don't know. I think that's probably a much healthier and less cynical way. Absolutely, yeah. Things. Yeah, for sure. I'll admit, I'll admit something. I have never played for a single nanosecond a Sonic game. Never played it. I understand the concept. Fastball run fast. <laughs> I've seen the films. They're fantastic. But the concept, they don't even stick to the concept in the games. They're like, you go go what, fast. Run? It's so, like, cool. All right, we're going to put things in your way and make it really hard to like get out of the way of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, your character's about going fast. Don't, don't get started. <laughs> God, Sonic. So oh. I haven't played the game. Joel just admitted he's not very good at the game. Uh, <laughs> True. Two very different things. Not the game, at games in general. You just, that's fine. It's it, it a blanket statement. Yeah. Maybe coming up to Sonic Frontiers, I should try and play a little bit of every Sonic game on a stream or as many Sonic games as I possibly can do on a stream. That's a lot of Sonic but, games. But play each one for like four minutes. I don't know why four, but play them quick. Sonic would be proud. I I'll even watch a little bit of the film until we get demonetized. I think <laughs> you don't understand how many Sonic games there are, I mean. Yeah, as soon as I mentioned, I'm like, that was yeah, that was a lot. Stupid. That was just play, to say. Just lot. play Sonic Mania. That's sort of a good representation yeah. of what people like about Sonic. What's the goth with the gun Sonic? in it? Shadow. The a, Shadow. Yeah. What's his go? <laughs> I like the cut of his jib. He's 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 emo edge Lord Sonic. That's basically it. He's friends with the president. That's it, man. Yeah. What Trump? <laughs> no, there's like there's like a cut scene where the president has a picture of him, of like the president and Shadow shaking hands on his desk. And it's the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. About fucking time. I've never seen a president of any country shake hands with an emo. And about time that, yep. you know, at least dialogue is <laughs> started between these two factions. Exactly. The political class and the emo class, okay? Started repairing to, bridges. For too long have our houses been divided. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring the two most powerful houses in America... That of the White House and the Emos together via marriage. The Black That's House. Why if you will. I'm proud marriage. to announce that Joe Biden will be marrying Haley Williams this coming Saturday. Oh. Uh oh. There's, mis- okay. there's some misery business for you. Cool. Take it from the top. Rain and Paramore drop that just was. Now look, we were talking about Sonic before. And I was I mentioned the Sonic films because would you guys agree Sonic one and two, the best video game movies made? I haven't I'm seen yet. them. Yeah, I'm yet to watch two, oh. but I've seen the first one. And oh, I went into it just being, like, ready to just... Because I, I don't like Sonic. I don't... I think his games... I don't get the hype around it, basically. But, um, yeah, I, it's... I, I went into it just being ready, on the back foot, hardcore. And I came out of it going, you know what? That was fun. It was It was the last movie I saw with... Um, before like 
the pandemic kicked into high gear. Same here. And if that was the last film I ever saw, it would have all been worth it. Sonic was the reason, you know, film was first put to celluloid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think he works better as a, I, honestly, I think he works better in non-games media than he does in video games. I think a lot of kids love Sonic and they don't know that it's a video game. They just see him as like this cool hedgehog that day, runs fast. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. It was Sonic and there was Mario, okay? They do their Olympics together. They they act all buddy-buddy, but you know that there's some tension there. Sonic was able to change fields and rise to the occasion, okay? Mario is trying to do it, has completely fucked himself by becoming Chris Pratt. I cannot and wait. And even the games are a little <laughs> so bit like in America. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not happy about that. I cannot Look, wait for the day that that trailer... That the internet oh, is going to be... Hey, yo, it's me, the Mario. Oh, when we first hear Chris Pratt oh, now. Chris Pratt say the, third, the words Yahoo. Yep. It's Yahoo, a yeah. Follow me by, style, I mean Mario. Followed by Donkey Kong on screen just going... <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah, again, that part I'm okay Perfect. with. And nah. Is it Charlie... Um, oh, I think Charlie Kelly. Charlie Day. Um, Charlie Day. Charlie Day playing Luigi? Yep. yep. King of Michael Pierce is Toad, like... Oh. Sure? Cool? Sure. It's, but it's so good, I'm down. What I was trying to get to is, this weekend I watched three, three video game movies. I watched Monster Hunter. Mm. I watched Mortal Kombat. And what was the other one I watched? Uncharted. Uncharted. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Unforgettable. What an unforgettable film that I forgot. Look, Uncharted really fun it was a nice like romp through the all the games like, it's all the games mashed together it's a best off i'm and they did it well i didn't even mind that old mate sully didn't have his mustache i'm like no i i'm actually excited i hope that gets another one because i think now that they've done all the compulsory for people who haven't played the games or know anything about the characters like character setup i think now launching into like the second one being like we know who these characters are we can start doing more of those action set pieces and all that kind of fun stuff that you would expect exactly, from like, an Uncharted game. I think we've had the, the whole like conversation about video games becoming movies before. Um, and I know si- I, I, I can talk about this freely because Simon's not here. So I, <laughs> I can uh, rule, rule over with my opinions on this. Video game movies will never work very well because the, the medium's too hard to, to crunch into a two-hour long film. Um, and it's also... Not one for one in the sense, like, if Uncharted was one for one, it would have been a John Wick film because Nathan Drake has a fucking body count. Oh, yeah. Like, that man is a mass murderer. 100%. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. So, I okay, they, they made this fun, an after-credit sequence of Mark Wahlberg coming out with a moustache and Nathan making fun of it would have been really, really good. Yeah. But there was, yeah, really good fan service. Some, like, legitimately funny jokes in it as well uh then we got mortal kombat mortal kombat was, a, it was also a delight yep <laughs> because how do you make a good film about magic fighting you can't you make a bad dumb b-grade film about it and they nailed it yep there were moments where i actually cheered when kano rips the heart out of a lizard and yells out kano wins so i was good. out of my out of my <laughs> seat it's oh god! Spectacular! I, I, went to, I went to the cinemas to see that, and I do not regret it. I had such a fucking blast with that movie. 
It's so much That's fun. the type of movie you have a few drinks to and you yeah, you and your mates just cheer watching it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> absolutely really, really fun. And then I had I watched Monster Hunter and I've given Simon a lot of shit about the Monster Hunter film. Mm. Um, because I like to imply that he's directly responsible for it. The It was boring. <laughs> and that's the worst part about it. It was boring and it shouldn't have been. Look, Monster Hunter games don't have enough of a story to warrant a film. It's a, it's a really bad property to make try and make a film out of. But do you know what they do have? They have really cool monsters. And do you know what they they, that movie didn't have? Many monsters at all. It had about three. And to be fair, the ones you saw looked pretty good. Yeah, But for I sure. think one of the cool things about Monster Hunter, I already, already played World, but I guess there's also a complaint I have about Monster Hunter is I don't like killing all the monsters because some of them are absolutely stunning. Some of them look beautiful. But in this film, we just saw the kind of ugly ones. I think we saw like Godzilla King of the Monsters, which fantastic film. When you see Mothra, it's a <laughs> monster, but it is beautiful. Like it's a stunning set piece when it's first revealed. I would have loved to have seen that. Not all these monsters are bad. Not all these monsters just want to kill people. Not all these monsters can somehow make some sort of tower. Did did the dra- dragon make it? Who was that man in the end? I don't know. The Palico was cool, though. Look. And then when the movie gets started, it stops. <laughs> yeah. That's the um, worst part of it. You're like, okay, all right, with the movie starting now and I credits. Paused it when I had 20 minutes to go, and I'm just like, does this movie have Ron Perlman in it? Yeah. <laughs> and then he rocks up and like, hey, look at me, I'm Ronnie Boy. Oh, my God. All right. Complete waste of Tony Jar as well. But <sighs> Very, very much but let's move on from games movies to games com <laughs> 2022 games come 2022 last week and as you would expect there's a plethora of game announcements and trailers and news and everything so look we're not going to cover it all because there's too much of it and like i already mentioned i forgot a few games in the list like callisto protocol i apologize but there are a few things that we definitely should talk about one of them the first one on my list the DualSense Edge, PlayStation's answer to the Xbox Elite controller. We're finally get, getting a premium DualSense controller for the PS5. Comes with a bunch of uh, new features. I'll roll through a few of them. Um, before we do that, what do you guys think of Elite-style controllers from, from the top? They're awesome. They're great. And they're great for customization. And they also make things accessible and they're all around just like, why not give more customization to your customers? I feel like there's a win, like a win-win. There's like literally no reason to not do it in my mind. How many people do you guys know who have an elite Xbox controller? Not many. Zero. To be honest. Yeah. (laughs) I know three and they have all had to return them multiple times to get repaired. So I, I think Keelan's gone through two, I want to say. Jesus. They just, they just like the button to stop working. So that's always been a concern. So I'm, I am somebody who will waste money on stuff that I don't need. And because the me at peak hashtag gamer is like 40% the level of a normal person. So me getting an elite controller is a complete waste of money. It's not going to help me in any real way. But I like to have it. Um, the reason I haven't bothered is because of the horror stories I've been hearing. However, will I buy the PlayStation Edge one? Yeah, I'm probably going to buy two, to be fair. Um, 
especially if they start coming in different colors. Let me just go through some of the features it's going to have because it feels like you mentioned. The customization is a very big part of it. Ultra customizable controls. Uh, this is via the PlayStation blog. You can make the DualSense Edge wireless controller uniquely yours by remapping or deactivating specific button inputs and fine-tuning your aim by adjusting stick sensitivity and dead zones. In addition, each trigger is adjustable with options to tailor travel distance and dead zones to your preference. That part has me excited because obviously you can now make the triggers as soon as you put a bit of pressure on them, they are activated. The triggers on the DualSense are the most impressive part for me. The way you can draw in things and mm -hmm. like like using a bow on that controller is beautiful. Yeah. But there is a lot of space between putting your fingers on it and actually inputting. So being able to adjust that Oh, for like for first-person shooters, that's going to be immense. So it'll change the game for sure, literally. Literally. Um, now with that much customization, you want to be able to flick between different modes and such. So good news, you have the ability to save multiple control profiles. Once you've found your ideal control settings, you can save them to unique profiles and swap between them on the fly. Again, big fan of this. Sticking all the boxes for me so far. Um, on controller user interface, there would be a dedicated button that allows you to easily adjust your setup while staying focused on the game, the in-game action. Changeable stick caps and back buttons. Three types of swappable stick caps, so it'll be standard, high dome, and low dome. Replaceable stick modules. So this is actually something that I mentioned uh, I, a few months ago, we were talking about this on, on an episode, and I said it'd be really cool if you could take out the chambers and just replace them, because let's... They're never going to fix drift. It's just going to happen. They, yeah. It, it, the Switch has it, the Xbox has it, the PlayStation has it. Being able to remove the little analog stick compartments and replace them, it's going to save Sony a lot of money. And if, look, at the moment, they're being sued, so they probably need it. Um, and offers a lot of customization for people. I'm not quite sure how you'd customize the, the little units themselves, but I'm interested to see what people do. Um, and then in addition to the stick caps and back button sets, the DualSense Edge wild controller comes with a USB Type-C braided cable, ooh la la, and a carry case for all the times you take your fancy controller to your friend's house. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, like, people do though these days, especially with cloud gaming, that's a, that's actually a pretty decent selling point as well, having a, a specific dedicated case that comes with it to take it with you on the go so you can play your, you know, PlayStation now in a country that you're able to do so um, mm. on the fly. It's, yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited by this because, like, for the people who are excited about it, I probably won't get it. It looks great and all the stuff on there is awesome. Um, I just don't have – I bought an 8-bit, though, um, SN30 plus or whatever. It's like the SNES controller, but it's got like the little handles on it as well. Um, and it's great because I can switch between, I can use it on Xbox, I can use it on my phone, I can use it on the Switch and PC. Um, and you can like, you can like customize it all. Like you can plug it into your computer and like stuff around with all the settings and things like that. I've done it once. I set up like a shortcut to the one of the back buttons and it was solely for Monster Hunter because I bought it when I bought Monster Hunter. Um, and that's all I've done with it. So it, it's a bit of a waste for me personally. But 
I think there is a market for this and people will go nuts for it for sure. Absolutely. It's also like a, you can charge the controller while it's in the carry case as well. Oh, that's cool. Ooh, Which is really I cool. like that a lot. Like yeah, it's awesome. Cool. Um, and to be fair to, to PlayStation, the last carry case I got from them was for the um, the PSVR. And let's face it, it spent most of its time in that case. It's a good looking case. Like they, they knew that people were going to play it for long. Um, and they needed somebody to store the fucking Cthulhu's pubic hair of, of wires. Uh, and stores it well. I say that I say this bagging out Sony, like I'm not gonna buy like, I'm hundred percent gonna buy this. I have there is one thing that really disappoints me about it. Um and this is actually something that's disappointed me about consoles for a while. I'm sick of plastic. Mm. I like that on the Elite controller the back, the flappy paddles on the back are metal. I don't think this controller has any metal on it. And that just looks premium. Because aside from because I think the D-pad on, notable- on the Xbox Elite is like metal as well, isn't it? The D-pad? See, if it is, that's rad. The only so. difference on, the, on this, the, the DualSense Edge is the buttons aren't clear. They're black. I prefer the clear, but whatever. And you got the, you got plastic back paddles. And then the, the analog sticks have a very noticeable area where you click down to pull them out does sort of look a little bit ugly because of it. I wish all that size type of stuff was at the back of the controller, so you'd have to see it when you look down. That's just me. I I, I don't love the look of it. I, I wish they went real premium with this. Metal somewhere. Give me metal somewhere. Yeah. I agree. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be spending look, this controller will be about 230 bucks, I'm calling it now. Um and for that you want not just the optimization inside the controller, which was already an insanely good controller. DualSense is the best controller I've ever used. That's what I want. Come on. You want your money's worth, man. That's okay. If you're spending that much money on, on a um, on a controller, you want a sports car. Yeah. You want something that looks cool. You want as sure, it runs fantastic, as well. yeah. but it's. I want. I want you know teenagers to have posters of this controller up on their wall. And you're, gonna happen. you want it to last as well. You don't want to get it and sure. the pieces are all, you know, they, they don't last too long. Everything's sold separately to, like, the replacement pieces. So, well, except for the um, the stick tops, like the, the different types of those. But the, what is it, the stick modules, those are sold separately. Um, so, you know. But I think it, it should be worth it. It's going to be... It's going to look like a race car. It really I'm does. I'm waiting for the moment where a company goes full, like, could you imagine be the first company that invented the universal remote? <laughs> Crazy. That would have been like, that would be like landing on the moon. I need a company to make a fully customizable controller. The only part of it that doesn't change is literally like the center module because all controllers have that centered part. But everything else is is added on the type of hand, like you know, actual handles you want, the, where the you want your D pad, where you a want your analog sticks, controller. all that stuff. Hmm. Completely modular modular controller that works with all consoles. Interesting. That'd, That'd be, be sick. cool. Somebody out there, pay me for my idea. Uh, honestly, I think eight bit though could be the one to do that. They make they, their stuff's really good and it's decently priced. <laughs> Sorry, I've just imagined. A good from Brendan from from the Eight Bit Podcast at home hammering away. 
<laughs> I'm all up for that. I like that. I like that <laughs> mental image. You got to file for the patent though, Jesse. Before now, look, it's on a podcast, so I think it's legally binding. Yeah, it, yeah, sure, right. Yeah, um, that checks out. I'm not sure if you want everything in this podcast to be legally binding. I don't know if you want to backtrack every episode and make sure that's okay. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like I like the idea that if it was legally binding, I I can have a multi million dollar idea on my hands. However, everything else I've said on this podcast is legally binding. And look, it, they do not weigh up. <laughs> no. Okay. I'll say no to the millions. Thank you very much. These podcasts are meaningless, but if you want to listen to more meaningless podcasts, you can find us on Spotify and iTunes. Go subscribe and give us a review. I'm slightly getting better with these sort of plugs. But let's move on to something else really uh, announced. Well, actually, I was going to say it was announced at Gamescom 2022. No, it was actually announced at E3 about 10 years ago. Yep. And then ironically went dead for a while and has come back. Dead Island 2 from Deep Silver is back. Yeah, baby. It's dropping February 3rd, 2023. We have a brand new trailer for it where you um, go around LA, popping zombies, smashing them with a shotgun. The character, the, the guy in the trailer looks like Lenny Kravitz. It was all happening. I'm really hyped for this, but I've never played <laughs> a Dead Island game. Have you guys, are you guys into the series? I've played a little bit. Like, I've dabbled before. Um, it's just, it's, what it says on the box, really, it's you run around and kill zombies with ridiculous weapons and you've just got this open world. There are some quests there, but this is a game to settle in with some of your mates and just let that the madness unfold around you, whether it be intentional or glitches and bugs. Um, Cause Ooh, I know that okay. that is a thing that can happen as well, especially in like the uh, dead Island and dead Island riptide. The, yeah, there was like lots of bugs and things that would happen that would just that kind of like kooky Bethesda style bug where it's just like, it doesn't break the game, but like, so, Someone I know like hopped into a bus and then got cannoned up into the sky just for no good reason. Um, the, so just like stupid stuff like that that happens. Um, but I mean, this looks really good. I I, I appreciate the fact that they've taken, I, I mean, different developers and things now. But like, I'll never forget the original trailer for Dead Island was is still one of the best trailers for anything that I've ever seen. Um, I, I love that trailer so much. And it was so fascinating. Like, oh, what's this game? Dead Island. Oh, that's great. And then it came out and it was like, oh, I just run around blasting zombies with stupid weapons. It's like, but what about that? Tra- no, nah, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. So it's good to see them like leaning into that side of things more now. Just being like, we know what this is. You know what this is. Come and have some fun. See, I don't understand the appeal of making a, a zombie game, a bright, colorful really bombastic zany zombie killing open world game when um sunset overdrive exists yep that's true like what are you what are you doing we already have the perfect game even dead rising as well (laughs) involves energy drinks sunset overdrive so good it's so 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 good such a good game felix how do you how are you feeling about dead island 2 i am very excited for dead island 2 I didn't play too much of Dead Island 1, but I am keen on Techland, who obviously developed the original uh, Dead Island. They're not developing this one. But from what I've seen from previews, it seems they've actually stuck to a lot of what 
their original vision was for that for that game and so you know hopefully it's not too jarring but you know also there are a lot of things that Techland doesn't do super well um and i know the story of dead island one wasn't yeah you know they're all together and the same thing kind of goes for dying light which was their other game series their other bombastic zombie killing game series uh so you know i'm curious to see what the story is going to be like in dead island 2 I, it doesn't seem like it's a huge focus, especially with the no, CGI no. trailer. But, you know, I, I'm curious. It, I'm always ready to be surprised by something. And I think that's what I'm waiting for with Dead Island 2. It's like, okay, we've been waiting for this a while. Uh, and, you know, you've got... you. I know what this is. Yeah, like you said, Joel. You know, we. I, I see you. You see me. I just want to sit down and play it. And then we'll see how we go. It's something I'm very interested about in this game it's i mean we've been saying it's an open world game it's not actually an open world game this one you're gonna have very very large districts that you move between i'm a big fan of that mm-hmm. i like when it get, when a developer knows their limitations and scales back a little bit because it looks like they've gone for density rather than scope and for a game where you're going around and your combat is melee like you have melee combat really as your bread and butter having a small map makes sense you're well, not just running around to find trouble. Trouble is always there. And that's I um, think what the problem with like Saints Row, the, the like the reboot that just came out, it's like this big open world sprawling areas, but there's nothing in it. There's no point having a giant open world to explore if there's nothing to explore in it. Exactly. So yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. Making it nice and dense and um, pack, jam-packed in a smaller space. Much better yeah. option. Have the same amount of action and just condense it. Um, something I'm very excited to hear is they can have an anatomically correct gore system. So if you smashed a zombie in the back of their head with a bat, for example, maybe its eyeball comes out. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> this is pretty cool. That's uh, pretty rad. It's bring me back to I remember like when I was younger and um, uh, Burnout Takedown was coming out because I, I loved. Sorry, what was I enough to take down Revenge? Um, I loved Takedown so much. So when Burnout Revenge got announced, I was over the moon and I was watching all these videos and reading all these articles about like the crash physics. And when you hit a wall, you know, your back windscreen will, will burst because of that like a ripple that goes through the car. I'm having that same moment now, but with zombies, it's like, oh, you know, if you, <laughs> if you hit one right in the, in their hip, its leg will come out at a weird angle and like, I, w- I really want to experiment with that. I, th- I think that could be such a major draw card, especially this game has a photo mode. Yes. You, th- you could do some really interesting stuff and that will extend, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's spotlight. But also, um, it, makes, it, makes, yeah, it makes some very, very interesting, interesting content. For sure. Yeah, and with a system like that, which I'll add, they came up with a cool backronym for it, where they obviously had the name of the acronym and then they wanted to just fill it in. It's called, the system is called FLESH, and it stands for <laughs> Fully Locational Evisceration System for Humanoids. <laughs> that's Which fantastic. is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but that's that's yeah, cool. That's but great. also, you got a physics system like that, it's going to come with 
with bugs. Like we're just oh, going to yeah. get bugs. And I'm yep. very excited to see on YouTube bug compilations of people hitting zombies in the head and then their whole body splits open or, you know, they hit them in the chest and their head pops off. Just see, cool things. This is one of those games where bugs make it more fun. Oh, 100%. One of the things that bug, um, bugs me about Bethesda bugs is a lot of the games take themselves very seriously. Yeah. And when they get buggy, it's like, ah, that's, that's, that's not fun. But if you're playing a game like a Saints Row and there's bugs, it's like, it, it literally is that a bug or a feature? It, <laughs> it's, it, it's still stupid fun. Yeah. I'm trying to see, like, because apparently back in 2014 when they were talking about this game, um, they said it was going to have um, eight-player co-op. Well, um, so if they keep have... doing that, that's pretty cool. That'd be great. Six playable characters and three player online co-op. Three player online. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was going to say so, eight players is a lot, but that would be great. Just That would be sick. A huge squad of friends just rolling around, killing zombies. Totally. But um, screw everyone else. The three of us will play it. Let's do it, man. I'm in. I'm, I'm absolutely down for that. A game that we won't be playing online together because I'm... I'm, I'm look, I'll be honest here. I'm assuming it's single player narrative adventure. Um, but who knows these days? Where wins meet? This is a game that Joel was saying, hey, let's let's hope at this game. I'm like, okay, I haven't heard of it, but cool. Then I watched the trailer and holy shit, this is one of my most anticipated games of 2023. I know we're gonna get all sorts of Breath of the Wilds and the like. Get fucked, Link. This is <laughs> like the best part of Assassin's Creed and Ghost of Tsushima mixed with um Oh, like Wusha Cinema. It, it looks so cool. Yep. Joel, tell us about Where Wins Me. Yeah, like, I mean, you pretty much summed it up. Like it's a it's an a, like a open world action adventure RPG that's sort of based around like Chinese uh, lore and mythology. And I, I had nothing, I knew nothing about this. I was just sort of skimming through the opening night live stuff um, and just sort of skipping and picking and choosing what I wanted to watch as it played. Uh, like later on in the day and uh, I was like, oh, cool, yeah, and this started and I was like, oh, what's this? And once the trailer kicked in, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know why it just clicked with me and I was like, this looks phenomenal. This is a great trailer showing off some really cool stuff Um, and, yeah, it's going to have like really cool like fast-paced combat. There's like different job systems and stuff that you can do, like career paths and stuff you can pick. You can be like a like a boatman and like ferry people around and things like that. Like it's nuts. I didn't know this. That's so- yeah. yeah. You can be like this a doctor is, this game as well. Gives me so much that I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be like a death doctor, like dealing out justice and shit. <laughs> yeah, totally. And they got different um, fighting styles too. Like Tai Chi is in the game as a yeah. as a thing you can pursue. Uh, and there's also magic and lots of other things. It's yeah, there's cool. like a whole lot of. So I, I had a look into it because I I've always known the style. I never knew the name of this type of cinema, and then I also had to look at the pronunciation. But yeah, Wuxia Cinema is about like ancient Chinese folklore and, and and warriors that have supernatural levels of martial arts ability. So when you watch a movie and they're all wired up and they're jumping from like you know jumping around bamboo stick to bamboo stick. Like on the top of him, which is like the coolest thing ever in a movie. Yeah. yeah. This is the type of shit you'd be doing in, in um in Where Winds Meet. They did that in Slay, in Slay Cooper as well. 
<laughs> that was a really cool uh, fight. So where wins me is a cross between Ghost of Tsushima, Fly Cooper, and Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah. We were all comfortable saying that. Look, the part of this that got me so hyped up was the 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 first part of this. This this is almost like a perfect gameplay trailer because it just showed different layers to the game. And I think if you watch the trailer, a, a layer will stick with you. So when it first starts off, you're going around this town. It felt very ghost. But then you realize that there is a bit of an investigation system going on. So you can, you know, there's a per- like a beggar on the street. You give them money and they'll give you information. And then you can trade things with people for further information to solve some sort of mystery. It looks like you're finding some sort of like gang or something like that. Right away. Then it opens up into this insanely cool martial arts. Like you're doing these special attacks and that blew me away because I wasn't expecting it. But then after that, you get to see your character interact with the local wildlife. And there's a part where a bear roars at you and then you do something and a big bell falls down and you yell into the bell just like um, Kung Fu Hustle. Oh my God, And you scare the bear away. You burn (coughs) down a a bush by drinking alcohol and spitting fire in it, drunken master style, which angers a goose that chases you around. Okay? At one point in the trailer, a goose chases you around. At another point in the trailer, you fight God. Okay? It is phenomenal. What more do you want? Like, it's exactly. It, 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 yeah, I, like that's, it, I had no prior knowledge or any idea about what. I don't think it had been announced or anything like that. But yeah, this trailer was one of the ones that, that stuck with me from that whole opening night live presentation. And I was like, this looks incredible. <laughs> and is that apparently a free construction system as well with like. 600 components that you can use to build structures and things. What? Mm-hmm. This game who's just keeps making, adding stuff on. <laughs> who's making this game? Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at this article on VG247. It says you can choose to live freely and ignore side activities to pursue the main story and face the most dangerous enemies in the realm. But yeah, there's talking about like there's also this construction system where you can just build buildings and live out your life there, I guess. Hell yeah. I'm... I really hope that they're not biting off more than they can chew here. Because what they've got, what they've shown, looks incredible. Also, look, maybe it's just me, but deranged hot chick with a sigh is sort of my type. Um, so this game, just it, it's feeding me on levels I didn't need to be spoken to. See, show you true colors now. <laughs> a game that is weird. <laughs> I have no other <laughs> idea how to introduce this game. The Lies of P, which look, let's start at the start. That's a weird, bad name for a game because I'm gonna say, I'm gonna keep calling it the Lies of Penis. PP, mm-hmm. but the P stands for something much more odd. The P stands for Pinocchio, little Pinocchio himself, little the little pup boy. Let me just read straight from the. Uh, the game's website. Lies of P is a challenging action game with a unique lie system where what you do and say as the main character dynamically affects gameplay. The game story is a unique, darker twist on the classic story of Panichio. The premise is that you are a puppet mechanoid Pinocchio seeking Mr. Geppetto in the city of Krat, which is overwhelmed by madness and bloodlust. Now, amazing. Look, 
Gameplay, gameplay aside, it looks like this is just a uh, easy way to get Bloodborne on PC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've passed that. That's all, that's all we need to talk about this game. Pinocchio. <laughs> Why would you make a game about Pinocchio? <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I tell you what, anytime I see this game, it's just selling me harder and harder on it. Yeah, I, I want to play it every yeah, time. I, yeah, agreed. It, it, look, it looks dope. I, like I love a how Soulsborne. Yeah. This is a Soul. Let's get the Pinocchio stuff, and we'll leave it to later. It is just a Soulsborne. It's another Soulsborne game. Combat looks tight. You get to combine weapons on the fly during yeah. combat, which is such a cool element. Um, and this life system, I'm very intrigued to see how it plays out. Dozens of games have said, hundreds of games have said, you know, your dialogue options, great name for a podcast, will change the way the game plays out, but they never really do. It's always the illusion of choice. Mm -hmm. I want to see how deep this one goes. It's, yeah, that's very curious. I'm very curious about that sort of stuff as well. I am, I'm also a big fan of how, like this trailer in particular, very campy this looks. (laughs) Yes. And I'm here for that. Like campy Bloodborne. Yes, please. Like with a steampunk it has element like a thrown slight, in there, like anime vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. especially yeah. at the end when you see like this like gang of characters who I'm assuming will be antagonists, and they all you know when you watch an anime, and I don't watch that much anime, so correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, but every character feels a certain like in, a, in a, every character in a group feels a certain dynamic. There's the tough guy. There's the cool guy. And all of these characters fit their own little mold. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I want to know more about them. The last gang of characters I liked that were really campy were all the villains from Resident Evil Village. And after I finished that game, I went and studied them. I studied the blade. Okay, <laughs> I know all about Donna Beneviento and her many, many dolls. I th- hope these characters have some complexity and, and real character to them because just on looks alone they look fascinating and he's got a coffin and he puts it down as a liar and they're like how long will you carry around that yeah. you big fuck like yeah. what are you doing that's it, that's the yeah campiness of it coming out i can't wait good it it also had like a weird like that that gang also had like a weird borderlands feel to it in a way like i don't know whether it's just they like, were just so heightened yeah design wise and just they didn't say anything, but you caught so much from their movements. Well, oh. we remiss to say, look, you play as Pinocchio, which is fucking wild. It is um, crazy. When I watched the trailer, I I kept thinking, oh, Pinocchio will be the villain, and his <laughs> nose will be, you know, massive, and he's like, it looks like some sort of like elder god, and it's like, okay, mad, real bloodborne shit here. But no, you play as. Pinocchio, you know, it doesn't seem to get bigger. We were talking about this last week where I was saying it'd be pretty cool if, as you know, he's got, as he told more lies to change the missions and to benefit yourself. There's also a downside of, you know, maybe maybe it gets in the way of combat. Maybe it gets so big that you can use it in combat, use a special move. Like, imagine if he had like a special move and he looks at the enemy and he's like, I'm not Pinocchio. And his nose goes real long, like stabs their eye out and comes back. That'd be sick. As like a parry, like that would be amazing. You see his nose to parry things. Oh, oh my god, I've just that'd be the best. <laughs> now, the the creators of the game said, "Oh, we we chose Pinocchio because 
we wanted an inbuilt fan base because you know the Pinocchio fan base is going off its fucking dick in 2022. Yeah, they're going crazy. For they're fucking pig. nuts. You can't throw a goddamn wooden puppet up the street without hitting a Pinocchio fan. No. <laughs> um, and they're like, yeah, we want to get on that. And, you know, Pinocchio has a real dark history. Like the, the original Pinocchio is quite dark. I've got a list here. I haven't gone through this whole. I haven't gone through this whole list. I've gone through the first two of things that were quite dark in the original Pinocchio story, fable, whatever you want to call it. Um, but at the same time, like, <laughs> just having an inbuilt fan base isn't really an explanation for why you chose a character. You could have chose Noddy. You could have chose Put Put the car. You know, and made it the car from um uh, that Stephen King novel. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious about that, that Venn diagram between Soulsborne fans and Pinocchio fans. I yeah. mean, how big is that? How big is that? That join? I don't know. How big is that Pinocchio circle? Oh, yeah. Well, like true. I, I'd be I'd be surprised, man. Probably huge. All right. Here are some um, facts about Pinocchio that you may not know. Pinocchio starts life as a log that can cry and laugh like a child. Oh. That's the scariest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Terrifying. Uh, yeah. Pinocchio has a bad attitude from the beginning. Yeah, fair enough. Then we all. Once finished, Pinocchio runs away but is caught by police who apprehend Geppetto. Pinocchio kills a talking cricket with a hammer. Now we do see that. What's the little Jiminy. cricket's name? Jiminy Cricket. Little, little Jiminy Cricket. We do see little Jiminy Cricket. In the trailer? Yeah, it's, it's theorized on Pinocchio's belt. Cricket. Um, I'm not sure if you'll kill it with a hammer. Um, Geppetto does go to prison as well. Pinocchio is almost turned into firewood at the Great Marionette Theatre. Uh, a friendly blackbird who tried to help Pinocchio is eaten by a cat. These are all Pinocchio scenes I can imagine Geppetto. playing out in this game. The giant I would like theater. real dark versions of this, yeah. Yep. Maybe I'm convincing myself now. <laughs> Pinocchio abandons Geppetto after the woodcarver. The woodcarver is swallowed by a shark. Down for that. I need to because I, I always thought he was swallowed by a whale. I don't know. Someone's swallowing Geppetto. Um, it's, oh, I think they changed it for a, to a whale in the. <laughs> the. It's a whale in um the Disney movie. I think. Because I guess it'll be, it's a leveling be, kingdom hearts. Eaten so. by a whale is more family friendly. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Pinocchio is nearly eaten by a sea monster after fleeing the police. I like how the two main villains in Pinocchio's story are sea monsters and cops. <laughs> fair. Um, Pinocchio and his friend Lampwick are turned into donkeys. Cool. So this piece of wood turns from wood to a puppet to a boy to a donkey. Um, Pinocchio becomes a real boy only after months of servitude. And in this picture that I'm seeing here, which I will not share on stream at twitch.tv forward slash domod AUS, because it is fucking horrifying. <laughs> His head is just limp to the side. He has a little pointy nose and he looks like a young Mr. Burns. I don't like I mean, that. What do you expect? Well, He's not designed with real human proportions in mind, is he? <laughs> That's a good point. He's a doll. It's like you Why was this a- man making a wooden boy? Yeah, it's true. It's so true, dude. I have absolutely like, no is idea. Is it because he couldn't have a son or something like that? Like, like he, he couldn't have a kid? Son. I don't know. Then adopt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
I remember this, I is, this remember. is like in like you know the year fucking sixty four. Okay, it's yeah, back yeah, in the olden days. You're in an orphanage. You've been used to you know being shoved up a chimney, covered in coal, doing whatever you do up in a chimney, and you see the rich woodcarver apparently, you know the town woodsman walking the streets with this little fucking wooden doll, and you're just like, I can, I won't lie. Adopt me. Yeah, I'm lovable. <laughs> Yeah, he's, got, I, he's got no time for real children. He's got too much work to do on his actual wood carving, you know? Too I, much wood, not enough kit. <laughs> all right. That wasn't meant to sound as bad as it just did. <laughs> you, but, said about, you said about, like, turning into donkeys. I still, like, remember that part of, like, the Disney movie, like, when they go to the the, the island for Lost Boys or whatever it is, and they're all just there. Like, it's always, like, no good ragamuffin boys that have been picked up off the street by these horrible people and they're there like smoking cigars and drinking beer and then they get turned into donkeys and it's it's fucking terrifying i <laughs> so, haven't seen the film so i don't know that happened and that's really blown my mind yeah it does yeah when you it's said it, i was like yep. it's a must watch for liza p to watch the disney yeah. version of pinocchio i have to do my research yeah, exactly. well like the new pinocchio film is coming out there's yes. actually, wait, there's a yeah. Netflix Pinocchio film, a new animated Pinocchio film, and then I guess Liza P, which ties them all together. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it is about yeah. to be the Pinocchio summer. Well, I mean, like... This the, is the summer of Pinocchio. The Netflix one is... It's me a Pinocchio. The Netflix one's um, Guillermo del Toro, though, isn't it, as well? Mm, I'm yes. pretty sure doing that. Like it, that. It's so weird that you have three different Pinocchio properties coming out. One of them is being made by Guillermo del Toro, and that's not the fucked one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is yeah. happening here? That's the normal one. Yeah. yeah. The... Oh. I, I, I don't, are, you, are you guys thrown off by the Pinocchio thing? Because I've seen a lot of people who like, I can't connect this in my brain. I've seen a few um, outlets who have played the game a little bit and said, look, this is... This is just Bloodborne for whether that's a good thing of how Bloodborne it is or a bad thing because it's too Bloodborne. Um, but it is just Bloodborne for PC. But this it doubles down on it for me. I'm like, hell yeah, give me those classic tales that have been twisted in a weird way. It's the same thing with like I what were those Alice in Wonderland games that like like Alice uh, Madness Returns? Yeah. Madness, yeah. The American McGee's one. Yeah, like that, yeah. that sort of premise of like Alice in Wonderland, but it's weird as hell. But like this one is like, yeah, give me that clockwork aesthetic. I think it's actually a, a perfect idea for a okay. game. I Keep agree. I agree. Do what Kingdom Hearts did for Disney properties with old like fables and tales and stuff like that. The brothers, like, brothers. Give them the, make them yeah, like like the whole Grim stories. Have them all packed into like a big open world. The Grim CU. The Grim. Oh. <laughs> Ow. Holy shit. That's a pattern. The Grim Seer. Yep. That's it. Yeah. It is all Soulsborn. But you have, I mean, and look, not just Hell's Grim, like nursery rhymes. Like, I want to I want to fight. I want to knock Humpty off that fucking wall. Like, shit like that. And, and then he falls to the ground. He falls to the ground, and like, there's the cutscene of him, like, slowly peeling himself back together, and he's like half wonky and coming towards you. Uh, with his, oh like, my god, he has, he has multiple forms. One of them's yeah. all cracked. And, and he's stuff. killed all the king's horses and all the king's men. They're all lying yes. around him. And when you're going, 
to find this this castle that he's he's in he's just sitting on top of the wall there you're finding pieces of men and horses and stuff <laughs> that have been like joined together oh. he's trying to put and as you're approaching <laughs> you can just see the castle in the background and it's just like this like egg shape sitting on top of it like he's there it was this giant yeah. thing oh he's watching over you oh my god that'd be great he used to be good but then he fell and he's been the, the crack like half his face is cracked off I'm, I'm into right. this. Right. And like right. imagine like the three little pigs, you could try to help them, and then you find out the wolf was actually trying to stop them. Oh, you were the wolf. Hans- Hansel and Gretel. Maybe you get there a little bit too late. And you <laughs> fight some sort of candy witch. Yep. This is like this start off as a bit of a joke. This would be pretty dope. Imagine if you did and you could do it like I, I for lack of a better word, like episodically. So you could have like this platform of these types of this world that you're building and it's like, cool. So the roadmap is like it's going to launch with, you know, Humpty Dumpty and the Three Little Pigs and then down <laughs> the track you're going to get Little Red Riding Hood and then a little bit further on uh, at Christmas time you're going to get, I don't know, like some sort of like Santa Claus one. I don't know. Who's the main character? Like who are you? So if we're going down Kingdom Hearts, like Kingdom Hearts Road, you need an original character and a small squad. Who's the Sora of the Grim CU? Oh, God. The what grim, doesn't really matter? I guess it could be anyone, but I guess it's more about who's the team. So I think you'd have to have the the uh, the Axeman from Little Red Riding Hood. The Woodsman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woodsman, yeah. No, no, Felix. The Axeman. That's <laughs> the, the proper terminology. The Woodsman, yeah. He's um, got an axe to grind. You'd have Gretel. Sure. Not Hansel, just Gretel. He's avenging yeah. Hansel. Hansel, oh, yeah. got, Hansel did get taken by the cool witch. squad. Yeah. I legit want this. This actually sounds really interesting. Yeah. We need to, all right, this is, we, 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 need, to, we need to flesh this out <laughs> and start yeah. pitching this. Pitch it to, to a studio. <laughs> yeah. Just like, yeah, like old like nurse realms, but not even just nurse realms. Like imagine, you know the whole story about like the stork that delivers the baby? Yes. Like imagine just seeing this like massive, massive bird, like Shadow the Colossus style, going around. It has this big bag hanging from its beak, full of <laughs> infant <writhing> bodies, <laughs> just oh dropping God. out of the sack. Is it just is I, I, it, it's dropping the bo- the the babies and they blow up? It's like kids. um that that what was that the AC one thirty dragon thing from um. <laughs> From Monster Hunter? Oh, yeah. Um, in the one that just comes Basil, through in a napalm deal? Bus. Yeah. Basil Bus. I think it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah have like shit like that. Baby Bus, napalm yeah. is what you're saying. Baby napalm. We've had baby billions last week. Now we've got baby napalm. Good old baby billions. Yeah, man. <laughs> once, once you guys are done with Eliza P, we've got a game for you. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I hate that I know over the... Over the Coming days in our Discord group, I'm going to be fleshing this out. Because <laughs> I'm trying to think of other nursery rooms. I can't. There aren't right. many. There's like a there's like a, a like post credit scene for Lies of P, and it starts to build this. That's where. Oh yeah, you yeah, yeah, see yeah, it yeah. there. That's where it happens. PCU. Oh yes. Politically correct universe. <laughs> <laughs> you play a titular character. Work morals. <laughs> work morals number one. <laughs> But yeah, um, and the rest, the rest yeah. like this. <laughs> Man, Lazar P looks great. Um, I'm so in on this. I just yeah, like I love that campy factor of it, 
and I, I, the way you've the way you've mentioned um the whole like episodic vibe of it, I'm imagining it very like a twenty four dramatic titling sequence. So just like the word egg, and it's about Humpty Dumpty. Which, to be fair, <laughs> never at any point in the story does he mention that he's an egg. That's yeah, disturbing. That's sort of very true. That's fucked isn't up. It? Yeah. But could you imagine like bar bar bad sheep? Just all that uh, that white text on the screen. It, it, I'll be more honest, terrifying than seeing the word Caleb. Okay. I'll be honest. <laughs> Shit your pants. Bad sheep. Hey diddle diddle, you could fight a cat and the fiddle. The cow jumped over Itsy the moon. spider could be like a big shelob thing. Oh my god, yeah. I mean Incy Wincy's gotta be in there. Oh yeah. That's a that's a that's a lock. You got a mad fan base for Incy Wincy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Incy Wincy fan fans going absolutely wild for that. <laughs> Can you imagine like like Mary had a little lamb and you just like you you're walking up to the top of this hill and there's just dead sheep everywhere. Or like the, and you get up there and she's like half sheep. What are the curds and oh. whey, you know? Eating her curds and whey. Who's that? What's that nursery Um Little Miss Muffet. Little Miss Muffet. Little Miss Puffet, yes. whatever yeah. Puffet is. Yes. We need her in there. We need her in there. So many. She's Pinocchio's queen. I was going to say, no, she runs the tavern. Sure. She's known for oh, her yes. curds and whey, so you go there yeah. to like, yeah. Curse away the tavern. Yeah. Nice. And curse away curse away the euphemism. <laughs> yeah, it's a little something on her side, if you know what I mean. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, no, she's giving out wristy wristy for gold coin. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if you have coin, I have wank. I'm glad you specified that. Yeah, I got We're, it. We're really got well past the joke. Oh. Look, it's an audio medium, you gotta explain as much as possible. Sure, you know, help sure. The yeah. out. <laughs> Now, before I start making more jokes about different Nerdscrime characters wanking each other off, were there any other games at Gamescom or announcements at Gamescom that really caught your eye? Yes. New Tales from the Borderlands for me, but there's not a lot to go on on there. It's 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 it was leaked and it looks like it's going to be more of the same, but without Telltale. So I'm curious to see how that goes. So yeah, well, sucker for Borderlands. Did they get talent from Telltale to work on the game, or I'm not actually sure about that. I think they said, um, they mentioned think, something about that in the on the stage. But. Yeah, I think they may have because I, I remember hearing that about that a while ago. Okay, mm. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah, you you you'd have to. Yeah, with, it, with how all that shit went down, you'd kind of have to. Because as much as I love Borderlands, Tales from the Borderlands has the best Borderlands story hands down and i know that's not really saying much but um i quite like the story of like two especially but um yeah tales from the borderlands is very very fun and it fits in both camps of being a borderlands game and like a telltale narrative driven adventure game very well so um i'm curious to see more of that so shout out for that one shout out I'm, I'm. I was really surprised by this game. That I don't know. We didn't bring it up at all until I just saw it on this list. But Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh my game. god! Yeah, I can't believe they're making that. Like it's like an asymmetric three v seven asymmetric multiplayer game. Three v wait what? Three v seven. Okay, asymmetrical multiplayer games. 
are one of my favorite genres. I don't think it's been done right yet. Yep. No. I am a massive Evolve apologist. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a lot of fun with Evolve. I think it had some really, really fun DNA to it. It was just completely bogged down with that microtransaction bullshit in the way they were releasing monsters. Absolute garbage. But if you took that away, you had really fun, defined characters, an interesting, involving backstory, fascinating monsters that all played dynamically differently. Great logo really- treatment as well. The logo treatment for Evolve yes. is... Oh, beautiful. But this three verse seven thing, yeah, that's very interesting. That's so, very yeah. cool. It's going to be really cool. And get this randomly generated map every time, expansive and ever changing. They say um, it's going to be live service and multiple content updates. Yeah, yeah, live service. This I game. imagine the studio who was making that game and the studio that made Live P, they're all in the, they were like maybe they they share like a very thin wall between studios, and they were having the same meetings. Like, okay, guys, we need a popular what's popular with the kids these days what's what's an ip that we can tap into to really get into the zeitgeist of the youth um i don't know like old 70s 80s genre flicks to be fair to be fair uh, killer uh, killer clowns from outer space is had like has shown up at um halloween horror nights at like universal studios the last few years it's been like a, a like like scare zones and stuff like that because I'm a weirdo that loves watching theme park videos and things like that. Um, and, yeah, they, like it's been there the last four years, I think, <laughs> in some way, shape or form. So it was a bit of a like, oh, wow, that's out of nowhere. And then I was like, okay, no, I can see why this is a thing. I think it's it's sort of popular in some circles still very much so. Just look, a slight tangent here. I went past the circus on the weekend. I turned to my partner. I'm like, what the fuck is a clown? Like, what do they do? Because when you think of a clown, they're like juggling. But you don't go to a circus to see a clown juggle. Who gives a shit? If you want to see somebody juggle, you go to the streets of Melbourne and you watch a busker juggle little silver balls. What does a clown do? They make you happy, man. Yeah. They do not. They're happy, so you don't have to be. Yeah, on pop, uh, on paper. Okay. Yeah, in- they smile for my sins. Exactly, exactly. All right, okay. I think they're th- beyond that now, though. I, I think you see a clown, and there's so much culture attached to the the face of a clown that and a lot of it's pretty rough. Exactly. I, I think they know that too, and, and so they kind of lean into it. But I, I actually could not tell you. I would never be a clown or want to be a clown. But but like, but to me, a modern day clown who works. Okay, there are two types of modern day clowns. Circus clowns, murderers, or other sort of shady characters. Yep. If you're a circus clown in the year of our Lord 2022, what are you doing? Right in. Sorry. I think that okay, I think that they serve the purpose of of like filling gaps. So when they're getting ready for the next big set piece of the circus, they come out and do something silly, and then that's how I would organize. If I was running a circus, that's how I'm I would, a would run it. I think the last the circus industry is dying. <laughs> the last thing I want to bring up for for me personally is sorry, mill- millennials killed the circus. The woke moralists killed the circus. <laughs> um, Hideo Kojima is starting a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the competition, mate. Brain Front structure looks sick. I'm excited. I'm actually really excited for that. I'm um, into that. He's a, yeah, I think we've mentioned multiple times, he's an interesting character. Very, very. Um, and I really hope it's a real just, 
I know that a lot of people want it to be like about his thoughts as a creator and an artist and yada yada yada. But if you want that, read his book. I've read about half it. I need to finish it off. It's really, really good. I really want a casual show with Hideo just talking about the shit he's like the pop culture he's taking in that week. He talks about movies, talk about books, uh, music. Like, imagine you t- turn on Hideo's podcast and he's like, yeah, nah, sick. Dude, Bruce Horizon, mad. <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah. He, he, like, on the same day, like, posted on Instagram, posted pictures of um, the new Panic! at the Disco album and the new Muse album, and I'm like... Yeah, and let's face it, <laughs> I've heard both of those. He's having a bad fucking day. I disagree, but... Uh, you heard I, the new Panic! album? I haven't heard the new Panic! album yet. That's... I like... <laughs> I like that. I like the avenue that Leave Brendan the disco. Yuri's going. I like the, <laughs> I like the way Brent, Brendan Yuri's going. I think the last album, Pray for the Wicked, was amazing. But um, the new Muse album I listened to today, that's a big thumbs up for me. Oh, speaking of clowns. Um- Ooh, wow. <laughs> he was stewing on that one. Yeah, look, I've got to end the podcast now because I don't want to be topped after that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want to listen to, to more clown talk and, and such, Pinocchio talk, the ever-evolving Grim CU. We're on Spotify and iTunes, so subscribe and leave us a review while you're there. Check out the Fan Critical Podcast Network, all the podcasts there. They're reviewing all your favourite shows, all your favourite movies. They're doing House of the Dragon. I just watched episode two. It was really, really good. Also, while you're on Spotify and iTunes, go give Joel some love. Joel and Kyron some love over at Dialogue Options. Great day for a podcast. Um, subscribe, leave a review. It helps us all out tremendously. If you want to keep up to date with Story Mode, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Story Mode AUS. We're also on Twitch at Story Mode AUS. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Story Mode AUS. We stream these podcasts live every week. We have some AFL streams. We have some gaming streams. And we have a lot of big, big, big changes on the horizon. So, um, yeah, get on the ground floor for that. You can also find us on Twitter if you want to come and complain yell at us berate us totally um tell us our jokes we're funny maybe uh you can follow me at jesse spanner what about you joel uh you can find me at jolly mac and And felix at nichols underscore felix yeah boy so yeah come and tell us what your favorite nursery rhyme is we're using the term nursery rhyme really loose i realize fairy tale i think many of these are fairy tales i don't know yeah yeah, it's very humpty dumpty a fairy tale absolutely I think so, wow. yeah. I'd say so. Hmm, okay. Interesting. Well, with that, let's wrap this one up. Um, thank you for listening in. Hope you had fun with it. Tell your friends about us. And uh, like I said, I think in a, in a month or two, you'll see some uh, very big, very big changes. I'm very, very excited about it. There's a lot going on in the background. So, yeah, tell your friends to get involved. You could be a real hipster and say you knew us before before we were cool. Yes. 130 odd episodes in. <laughs> but thanks for listening. Stay safe. Play some games. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.